guys, hello and welcome back to Mummy Jojo Uncut Mojo Injection, episode 38. Delighted to be back, it's been a wonderful week. Um, Mojo is much better, it's amazing what hormones can do. Um, But yeah, a really good week with mindfulness, um, an amazing event with Egg for Make Seconds Count. We got Lisa singing again, which was brilliant, she gave a great speech. Um, all about secondary breast cancer and raising awareness for that, which is so important. And just a reminder of how much music can heal us. Singing through the storms, um, music is the best therapy. So if you've been having a tough week, don't forget to just blast those tunes. Feel free to keep your requests coming in. I will sing around my kitchen to encourage you or if you struggle to tune into music I will do it for you um I had some lovely feedback about the podcast at the egg event um and I just want to thank if you're listening now and you're one of the lovely ladies that gave me feedback thank you um especially about trekking being on a amazing really hard trek and how this podcast has helped because for me I find motivational content can be an absolute godsend some weeks when I'm really struggling and the mojo is going out of town so just to be able to tune into podcasts myself it's amazing that people are coming to this space for a boost and a pick-me-up so welcome here guys um welcome welcome I have Katie Brockhurst this week, who is the social media angel. She's a social media consultant, a coach for authors and experts in spirituality, and she's written this amazing book all about social media for a new age and how we can look after our mental health online because it's a huge, huge thing. Um, I found this conversation really, really fascinating actually, talking through her book, Social Media for a New Age, and how we can really nurture our minds online. Um, Katie has loads of really, really good tips on here, so I know you're going to enjoy it. The book is all about cultivating a community which cares about what message you want to try and get across. Um, A a comment that Katie uses in this that I really liked and it stuck with me is, am I posting content to impress or to impact? Now, you may be listening here and you, you don't use social media for your work. I think a lot of us do these days, but perhaps you use it just for sharing photos with friends. And, and that's great. I love photos myself, but sometimes we post things. In the past, I, I've posted things that I just think, what was the point in that? And I think it's always really good, you know, especially if we're doing it for work. What are we trying to achieve by posting things? Are we trying to help the mental health of people, um, give them a boost, or are we just trying to show off? And we talk a lot about ego, and ego comes up a lot in mindfulness, actually. Um, A really interesting discussion. So uh, I would love some feedback on this. Please hit the stars. Um, give Katie some love, check out her book, Social Media for a New Age, full of strategies of what we can do online. Um, So let's get Katie on. Thank you for being here, guys. Are you going to work? I think it's going to work. It's working. Yay. Right. Um, I'm just going to. Hello. Welcome. How are you? 
Good, thank you. Oh, we got there after the tech. No, oh, I just need a techie guy or girl beside me all the time and a makeup yeah. artist and hair. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? <laughs> wouldn't it just? <laughs> <laughs> so it's so good to tie you down. We were wanting to do a chat a while ago because um, I first sort of became aware about you because we've got the same publisher that guy's yeah. house you'd written this awesome book which I was like social media for a new age hello um yeah. it's a massive for mental health social media and just mm. you know you're the social media angel mm. um so do you want to just start by giving us a quick intro about yourself and how you went to write this amazing book that's up for loads of awards and <laughs> it is amazing, isn't it? Um, thank you. Yeah, I mean, social media has been in my blood since I was a teenager. I'm just, I'm about to turn 40. So I was just on that cusp of the internet starting when I was sort of in my mid-teens. Mm -hmm. I used to like queue up round the block to just talk to my friends on a computer across the room. And it just always fascinated me. And when I was at university, kind of mobiles started to come in and um i remember that yeah that back in the day like we couldn't even do text messages everyone had like pages and stuff <laughs> um but i always really saw it as this way to keep in touch with each other mm -hmm. and so when i was at university um, me and a couple of other students came up with a, what was a social network before there were social networks um but it was just at the point where like the dot com market crash so nothing ever came of it could have been a billionaire what can i say <laughs> don't know that i'd be doing things quite like zuckerberg though if i was <laughs> um and then always i got i ended up in the music industry but again always saw digital as quite a disruptive tool because everything in terms of mainstream media was you know you had to have a manager you had to have an agent you had to have a press person and then myspace happened mm -hmm. so with a lot of i was managing quite well-known djs radio djs radio one djs kiss djs and i was like why don't we use this thing called myspace to like communicate directly with the fans of the shows and when one of my djs lost their show on kiss i was like there's this thing called a podcast that we could do. It's like 2005 when oh people God. weren't really doing podcasts and here we are on a podcast. And, and that's where things really, really began for me. And um, I ended up winning a Sony Radio Academy Award with that podcast and quit my job and went off um, to Ibiza just as facebook was emerging and twitter was emerging uh -huh. and really jumped on it and started creating digital content direct access to audience and set up my own agency around that time sort of 2007 and and have been on the journey with it ever since yeah wow wow what a, what a ride you're on just now yeah and uh, so you with your agency you help what what's your typical client well when i was i was an eight had the agency i was working with a whole range of of different clients mainly sort of music and entertainment mm -hmm. but in 2011 i was feeling pretty burnt out mm -hmm. um i had an office i had staff um 
was just like, what have I created? <laughs> and um, went on a on a John Parkett retreat, which was all like Qigong and, and stuff. And and he's a Hay House author. And um, ended up approaching him to do some work and, and ended up in the Hay House offices. And from there, I decided I wanted to actually not do all the corporate stuff anymore yeah and I actually didn't want to run an office and be a boss anymore either so uh -huh. in 2014 I went solo as a consultant uh -huh. and I and focused on the mind body spirit side so now I work with authors experts in well-being and um basically the, a range of mind body spirit from nutritionists through to um psychics you know i have i have quite a range of of different clients in wow. that in that space yeah wow. so how did you come to write the book then well i think that whole you are the sum of the people you're around played a part so i'm obviously working with authors um, on a day-to-day -day basis and quite often they were like are you gonna do a book <laughs> and um, i just never thought i would and then Hay House asked me to do a book proposal, which they then rejected. Oh, hooray! <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I then had known Sean for a while, and he was just, why don't you do one with me? And that made a lot of sense, because I'd already, it was then, it, it had already come to life in my body, in my being at that point. Mm -hmm. And I thought that having a having a publisher and giving me a deadline rather than trying to go and shop it around would would make me do it yeah <laughs> you have to carve out a lot of time to write a book don't you as you know you have to be really strict and just yes. say, right this is my writing time I'm gonna do this I mean I had two young kids well I still do but they were even younger when I was writing it so any kitty free time I would go to like David Lloyd gym where I work a lot and I would be like putting or if the house is free I would be like right up to the desk yeah. housework was just awful yeah. I was like it's I would leave dishes I would leave anything and because the way I see it is yeah the house might be messy some days but I didn't have many hours and then you're always tidying the house again but with your book you know I've got this book now and yeah. you've got this book that hundreds and hundreds of people will be reading and going wow this is really making an impact yeah. and I guess with Sean he wants to work with people that really want to make an impact with people's mental health and well-being because that's what yeah. he's all about um, yeah. so it's, it's amazing because for social media there's people searching all the time about this and they, I've written blogs about it and they get loads of traffic because people are going on Google and they're like, why aren't people liking my posts? Why aren't people, you know, why does someone unfollow me on Instagram? And there's all this stuff and you speak a lot in your book about ego. You know, you've got the, the kind of ego on social media versus the soul. And I really, really like that. Um, do you want to talk to me a little bit about that and your thoughts on our ego and why it screws everything up? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does. And I think this was why the book was so important to me to write because so many of us get caught in this thinking we've got to be a certain thing or a certain way or present ourselves as a certain version of ourselves to be accepted mm -hmm. and that had 
carried right through from from all those years and what it is is that there's this I don't know what whether it's attached to kind of that programming we've had <clears throat> of being on television or on the radio or whatever it might be that kind of celebrity culture that that is comes from looking at a screen mm -hmm. so when we go on social media we're immediately we're being seen on a screen mm -hmm. so it activates that part of us that thinks we've got to be this other version of ourselves rather than just being ourselves so yeah. the ego has a chance to kick in because it thinks it has to be a celebrity on some level some unconscious subconscious level uh-huh but then we we feed into that and literally feed into that this addictive design of the social networks of us getting the likes and the comments that feeds that part of ourselves that needs to be liked that wants to be liked that wants to be loved like and there's nothing wrong with the ego like the ego's there for a reason but why do you think the ego is there well it's, it's a protection mechanism isn't it on on some level mm -hmm. and it, it does help us in circum certain circumstances i think if we've got a healthy ego it's yeah. when it's an unhealthy ego that it that it becomes the problem mm -hmm. um and social media unfortunately taps into a part that becomes unhealthy and that's the part that's then checking and i still do it now i post something and i'm like reaching for the phone my little hands goes and hovers and i like have to go oh what what are you doing <laughs> i'm like i want i want that dopamine hit i want to see if people have liked what i've said what i've written what i've posted mm -hmm. and when we when we get into that we end up often what's happened is the way that digital marketing as well has again sh to get engagement to get reach we've got to get likes mm -hmm. and so then we're creating content from a place that's just trying to get the likes rather yeah. than actually just sharing honestly and those things whereas if you're in the soul yeah. then it doesn't matter how many likes you get mm -hmm. you're actually sharing it because you have something that you want to share that you want to contribute you're not doing it to get those likes mm -hmm. you're doing it for a different reason you're doing it to help somebody or help many people depending and actually that's the piece that matters mm -hmm. not how many likes the post has got or how far it's reached can you but think of it, it is oh. that, could you think of examples of people that are or posts that you've seen that are just all about the ego and they're not and they're not really about trying to help people or trying to be authentic i think i think there's a lot of it that goes on i mean we could go you know go look at some celebrity ones like your kim kardashians and and stuff and those like you know the yoga poses on the beach that don't really mean anything unless you're a yoga teacher and i think that part where we post our green juices and hey i've gone to the gym when you're not you're not on social media you really you're looking for um you're looking for some kind of validation uh -huh. really in posting those things yeah. rather than actually posting them because they've got some meaning 
to it and yeah. and it's something we all fall into like i've had to you know i have to clock myself oh look i'm drinking a green juice now don't share it on the internet uh, <laughs> i know it's really hard like i've been doing this for what about four years now i think and uh should really know that uh and uh yeah it was november 2015 officially um and i really what i do now i, I think about my values and before i post something out i say well is this in line with my values is it you know honest is it real is it you know is it going to help people why or why else would i post this and, so, and some yeah. days because instagram will say oh you should really post every day then you're like but what if you can't think of anything I mean should you post on those days or should you just leave it I say leave it yeah um again we've been fed this idea that we've got to constantly show up all the time to have an impact yeah and and that's not true when you're posting from a place of thinking you have to post or you should post if you think about the energy that's actually attached to that you can see then the reaction on the other side of the screen when you're posting from that place yeah. and one of the questions i like your is this in line with my values i have a question that is am i trying to impress or trying to impact I like that a lot. Yeah, that's really good. And people, you know, will see through if you're just trying to impress. But then that's a growth thing, isn't it? I feel like maybe there's been a lot more inspirational content or I've been reading a lot on the ego and it's really, really helped me actually. And just yeah. to make light of the fact, you know, I, I say in my own book, I invite you to have a laugh on me and my issues in the sense that I sort of look at the funny things that our mind will tell us to do and you go oh why did I do that and that was just the ego um but it's called being human as you say and it's it's within us all but I think we need more awareness which I think your book why it's so magical for people and just to have that encouragement to really be authentic and mm -hmm. I guess it's I mean how what advice would you say to someone that wants to be more authentic online I think that word authenticity has become a tricky word because we're, what's happened is, is that there's been, I'd say in the marketing world anyway, mm -hmm. that authenticity and vulnerability creates more engagement, which creates more sales, which has made the word tricky because people are then trying to be authentic. Yeah, yeah. But I think like you have to tune in on that like am i trying to be authentic if you're trying to be authentic take a step back yeah when you're really being authentic it's like are you showing up online as you would if you were in a room with people that's one way i look at it if i was sat and having a chat with somebody would i say this in the same way and if I'm saying it in the same way as I would in that situation, then that feels authentic to share in that same way online. But if I'm trying to spin it or I'm trying to be overly vulnerable or overly authentic <laughs> to try and get some kind of engagement or lead somebody into a sales funnel, then that's not really authenticity to me. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And it's really, and people get, you see in the press, oh, 
desperate. The, the thing I don't like, though, is the balance between there's been a lot of work with mental health and stigma smashing and encouraging people to talk openly. And then when someone does, they could almost be accused of you're just trying too hard to. And I, I struggle with that when it's from a mental health point of view. It, it's hard, isn't it? Because you're going, oh, well, what, what if they are just trying to help someone? Yeah, I mean, there's authentic share. It's again, am I doing this to impress or impact? If uh -huh. you're sharing from that authentic, vulnerable place in order to share, in order to help people with your story, yeah. then that's coming from a really true place of authenticity. Mm -hmm. The problem we've got is that people are using, I mean, I've seen it, like I've seen people's posts and it literally start with, can I be vulnerable with you? Uh -huh. And then take you through and then they want you to sign up to a mailing list and then it's just like oh, oh it actually puts like uh, makes goose pimples you know it's that kind of cringe like yeah. oh or when somebody shares something that I wouldn't necessarily even share with some of my closest girlfriends <laughs> you know <laughs> again in order to try and get you to open something or try and get you to to do something like that that's when it becomes really sticky um, so, but it's so yeah it's an interesting one how do we know who we can trust online then how, yes. how do we know when it's real and when it's fake yeah um i think um what we can do is is like tune into our own physical reaction so you know how you said it makes you go all like like little i i sit and i tune in like what what's that doing in my body um and often my my body will tell me whether something's really authentic or something's not yeah i'll either affect, move your heart or it will be like oh it just doesn't sit right with me and i think as well looking at whether there's a sales funnel involved or a call to action involved that feels real or not yeah it's hard because obviously there's people doing amazing things and they want to raise awareness and there's a lot of courses and things now and i'm sure some of them are great and really useful for people um it's but, but this, see, this is the tricky part right because this is and this is something I'm constantly in exploration mode because people are coming to me to work with me because they've got something, you know, they want social media to support their businesses. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how can we get social media to support our business without veering into that aspect? And a lot of us want to create online businesses where we've got products and things that will sell while we're doing other things like looking after the kids or trying to get to the gym or whatever it might be that we need for our own mental health or our own well-being. Mm -hmm. um, so it becomes hard. But when I think if we can, I, I, I was writing about this this week, it's like if we can find a place of using social media as a tool to communicate about the thing that we're an expert in uh -huh. without needing to use any of those kind of tricks really because yeah. they are tricks mm -hmm. countdown clocks all of those kind of things that come under digital marketing even a sales funnel is a funnel mm -hmm. um it's like can we use social media as a tool to communicate with the people that are interested in what we have to share mm -hmm. and how we communicate be enough 
for them to then be interested in what we have to offer. And then it's about inviting them to take part in a course, inviting them to come on a retreat, inviting them to come to a workshop, rather than needing to sort of use authenticity and vulnerability as a, as a tool. Yeah. It's like we use social media as the tool to communicate. And if we want to communicate authentically and vulnerably, that's one thing, but it, mm. It, it's the intention behind it, I think, that has the, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm still, it's something I'm still exploring because it's, it's tricky. It's hard and it's certainly something I'm exploring and trying to tune into because there's so many pages. And another thing I struggle with is this kind of like for like. So if I see people supporting my page, I'm like, well, I should really be making an effort to go and support other pages and then you don't want to become a robot too so do you advise people to have set times online because there's some days that I detox and I'm not on at all really um, and then you'll check the phone that night and be like, oh wow this is quite overwhelming yeah. how do we yeah. manage it's that? Tough. Yeah that is um, something that we need to manage uh, very consciously actually because whenever we go online we're really like inviting everyone else's energy into our space through our device mm -hmm. so I on a personal level but also the way I'm working with my clients it is about having a set time now that set time doesn't need to be the same time every week but it's like knowing you don't look at certain things after say 6 30 in the evening like I try now to put my phone into airplane mode mm -hmm. um, or have a way of switching off apps so that I'm not checking those apps after a certain time obviously family and still might need to get hold of you so switching off falling onto airplane isn't an option yeah but managing that time really consciously of when you go on so it's all one of the things that I try and do is I'll have a little moment of meditation before I check in. Like I sit, I get into my body, I land, I take some breaths. I know that I'm inviting all those people into my space mm -hmm. before I go into the app. And I go, right, you know, I, I had one. So just an example, I had one the other week, I'd put a post out and I'd asked a question and quite a lot of people had got back. And as I'd checking in the day and I was seeing them, I was feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, I'm going to actually, I'm not going to reply to the, these until Friday. Mm -hmm. So I gave myself like the rest of the week because I needed also what they'd said to land and settle rather than just being in full. I've got to respond now. I've got, you know, we, we think everything's got to be so instant. And as I said, when I replied, I was like, you know, I've had a bit of time to think through what you said and here's my response rather than going into immediate, reactive mode mm -hmm. and this is also one of the things about technology it's made us think we've got to get back to that email straight away we've got to respond to that you know if you think we've got messenger on on um facebook we've got whatsapp we've got instagram we've got all these places where we're getting all these messages and emails mm -hmm. and just how disruptive those can be as they pop in yeah so i also like say make a made a really conscious effort to switch off all notifications yeah. even on my whatsapp so i choose when i go into whatsapp to see if i've got any messages in whatsapp i choose when i go into messenger to see if i've got messengers rather than me getting these notifications telling me i'm because it creates that sense of urgency and and that was creating overwhelm and and uh, and affecting my mental health yeah it can really and as a 
a people pleaser. You know, I just love people, but it's that balance because I know the natural, the ego kicks in. If you take a few days to reply and people, I've ha actually had people email me, why have you not replied yet? I'm busy weeks or if I'm just taking that space. But, you know, I've made mistakes in the past, even last year, you know, I've, I was one post I put out when I was feeling really emotional and I should have actually let that settle and mm. calm the effect down, you know, and just like, here we go. But it's that we're encouraged to just constantly be there online and, and responding to people. And it's, you know. Yeah, but so, and, and this is important. One of the reasons we're encouraged to do that, and this is part of my slight falling out of love with Facebook Inc. at the moment, mm -hmm. is that what we're doing is we're feeding their profits and their machine yeah. by uploading to them. Because what we're doing, every time we upload something to Facebook and Instagram, we are giving them content and we're giving our communities a reason to log on and look at what we're all sharing because they've created a monopoly on the space and we're all in those spaces sharings we've always got a reason to check and like i said that when we attach that to the addictive design to the dopamine hit that we get when we go on even just the refreshing of the feed is like um, you know how it waits a second before yeah. they all pop up uh -huh. that anticipation is done on purpose because uh -huh. it creates anticipation in the body which is like a gambling thing like on a slot machine uh-huh okay right so when we start to think and like break down the fact that we've literally been trained and every time we do something it's strengthening a neural pathway so every time we go in and we get that that we pull down, we wait for all the refresh, we're waiting for our likes, we're waiting for our notifications, like we're strengthening and strengthening those neural pathways. Oh. So we have to break that pattern, we have to create interruptions mm -hmm. to those habits that have been formed over the last 10 years now. I and mean, we're really in, you know, it's 10 years that we've been playing with this technology and it's because, and you know, that 55 billion profits, I think they, <laughs> something wow. ridiculous they announced last week so their profits are going up mm -hmm. still because then what's happening every time we go on that's feeding information through to their data and that data is feeding information through to advertisers mm -hmm. and those advertisers are feeding their budgets and their profits and it's just so addictive i mean for people that are and i've had people write to me in the past about articles i put out there or there's a chapter in my book about a letter to my iphone and it really impacted some people because i mean it hit hard it was say it was a story about one night i left my phone at my brother's and i thought i'll just leave it and had a really nice night with my hubs and he was like oh it's been so nice to have you tonight without your phone and I was like what do you mean but I can see there's moments you know you're lying in bed together or we'll just check and we're sitting scrolling like robots yeah. and it's that balance between enjoying social media and all the opportunities and connections it gives us yeah but, but when you get to a point where you feel like your hands are twitching and it's so common they say phone addiction is the new addiction um yeah do you have tips that you give to your clients or you put in your own space for people that do feel like I, they don't want to give up or perhaps they can't because their job's online, but they want to have a healthier balance? This seems to be the common complaint is I feel like I have to be on it, but at the same time, I don't really want to be on it all the time. Mm -hmm. 
So the way that I have, how do we use it effectively? So carving out times to create your, if you're using it for your business, creating your content, scheduling your content, and then checking in on your content. Mm -hmm. A lot of people aren't that organized. So they're sort of making and sharing in the moment. Mm -hmm. So it's being aware of then the times like it's when it is your working hours. Like I try, I've, I've tried on a personal level to stop scrolling in the morning. So rather than I could lose two hours, I'd wake up at six and I live on my own. So there's no one even to go, Oi, you know, and I'd still be there at eight, eight thirty in the morning, like yeah. YouTube news, Instagram, Facebook. And I'm literally hopping between them. And I was like, ooh, 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 like yeah. making myself still sick. So I like stop and I will get up and I'll, I'll try and do some meditation and some yoga now in that time in the mornings so I'm setting my day up better and then I'm allowed online during my work hours yeah. you know uh, and then I try and stop again in the evening and even just creating those little bits of extra space yeah started, and it, so it's like not it's like dieting yeah. <laughs> so not going in full full pelt and just stopping it because that's just not possible ah. so it's like, how can I how can I just like, yeah, just change it. So they're just, just changing those daily habits. I really like that analogy, actually. It's like, don't go into the fridge constantly, you know, put your phone away, have, have those habits. And as you say, it's, it's so easy to pick the phone up in the morning. Hub said to me the other night, he watches the news before bed and I, I just go out. I, I don't, I'm not interested. And he had a, a nightmare the other night and it was, about the kids and it was totally to do with a story he's heard in the news and I say well why are you watching it and why are you tuning into this stuff before bed yeah. um, I've not got him to stop yet but I'm working on it um, but you know yeah. when we surround our, our minds with this noise of the world and we don't take time to meditate we don't take time like I've been really enjoying swimming outside at the moment and it yeah. I've kind of forced myself to go there when I would normally have kind of social media breaks or, or whatever um, yeah. and just be in the water I can't have my phone you know yeah. and it's just me looking up at the sky chilling out being mindful and going right take disconnect for a bit I think it's also getting in I've started to leave it at home sometimes when I go out say I'm going for a walk so that I'm not then it's like I'm not gonna why do I feel like I'm in danger going into like I live in Glastonbury and there's the beautiful abbey and the tour like I don't have to take my phone with me I'm not in danger in any of those situations that I'm gonna get into trouble by not having my phone so how does it feel to leave the house for an hour and not have it with me because then I'm not tempted to take a picture or share that on this or do that or check Facebook or go, you know, because it's become such a crutch, you know, I, you know, I'm in a cafe on my own, check my phone. I'm in waiting at this or somebody's just taking a call and check my phone. It's just, and even things like when I'm out with people, making sure it stays in my handbag, it's not on the table. You know, all of those little things, you start to become conscious of just like moving it out of the way. Yeah, just you then actually feel the peace in your body of it being out of the way, and then you want more of that. Just make a little space. Um, and so, with the book, obviously, you've had an amazing reaction. What are there a few sort of standout parts that are really resonating with people? I'd say the definitely the social media soul and ego piece that you pulled out is 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 connecting well there's a very practical side to the book as well where i create like a framework to flow within 
So for people that are using social media for their businesses, for their projects, like how can you create um, something that you can you can have some structure around so it's not taking over all the time? Because uh-huh. that's a lot of the problem that clients come to me with. It's like social media is just so overwhelming and it takes over. It's like, okay, no, let's create some themes. Let's create some ideas. Let's like create time for content creation so that it becomes a joy rather than a pain in the ass yeah you know like you can really enjoy creating the content and get the most out of that content Uh and also then what you can recycle rather than having to constantly be in constant creation mode as well because you're always on the back foot when you're in that kind of state so a lot of people are getting a lot of value from that aspect but i think uh, just generally it's like I've had some, yeah, I made like people saying it's like a paradigm shift in a book, which is incredible to hear. Like Just that. like, how do we use co- social media more consciously moving? moving forward and as a bit of an exclusive i just have agreed with sean i'm going to do a second edition so i'm going to write two or three four new chapters to release this summer wow um, looking at the big changes of the last year because it's a it's a it's an ever-evolving story right now yeah it feels like it I, I i know what you mean with my own book i've been thinking you know you learn so much in the space of time that you publish your first and then you're like oh i could add this i could do that i could do that um so that's really exciting yeah yeah oh. it's cool thank and you I, I guess have you thought about teenagers obviously it's going to be a huge issue i was speaking in a school the other day for children's mental health week and this was four classes and they were slightly younger so 10 11 um but already they're on snapchat all the time they're looking on instagram influencers and i'm really passionate about doing more talks about keeping it a safe place for our kids i mean yes do you, do you get involved with any of that sort of stuff or do you have tips for parents yeah i mean i haven't done mainly i'm working with adults who are using it for their businesses mm-hmm. but what i have noticed is there was a report came out last week from the government around usage in young people mm-hmm. and just the effect on mental health mm-hmm. i think what we need to do is call out the networks themselves to to release information so this is what the government report said that uh, basically they have all the data but they're not willing to share the data because they have to spin the data so they had to do an independent report looking at things but so i think we need to put more and more pressure on google on because youtube like when you look at the pressure on like young youtube influencers and things i mean it, it's 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 not good at all and i mean like i don't have kids at this point in my life and i don't so i'm not aware of the effects that it's having you know directly on on young people and teenagers um but i feel like yeah we need to put more and more pressure on the networks themselves Mm -hmm. to either give us the information or give us the tools actually like be more honest about the effects and take more responsibility for those things rather than them just it just feels like they're focusing on profit not people and that is a worry yeah people before money and mental health before money um i just think if we can keep talking about it i mean there was a lot of articles flying around 
yesterday and there was one yeah. of all the children that had committed suicide and they put all the trainers out and I just thought oh my goodness it's just mm. so sad so I feel I mean my daughter's six my son's four so I'm already nervous about it but I know it's an issue and anxiety and things so we definitely need more awareness around that but if yeah. we can help adults then it'll filter through to children won't it yes yes I just think we need to get a lot more responsible across the board and you know give ourselves um you know give ourselves some leeway for the fact that we haven't to until this point because it's been so new but yeah. now we've come to this point where we're waking up and seeing the effects and i alone i use um screen time on my iphone mm -hmm. to just track how many times i'm picking up my phone um how many hours i'm spending on it and what how long i'm spending on it per app and just giving myself that awareness and consciousness because so much of it was unconscious i mean some days it makes me feel sick when i see how much time i've spent on instagram say um <clears throat> so i think where i think as a parent or as an adult keeping an eye on those statistics yeah and yeah. then yeah interrupting those habits and patterns by creating new ones around it to stop that from escalating yeah get out the house sign up for different things see people connect look in people's eyes and have that connection because yeah russell brand just put a video out this week which is about social media addiction and he said rather than like going on to facebook or whatever like phone somebody you know and have a chat yeah so change that you know change that rule and and actually connect with somebody rather than doing it through through a social network yeah that's that's a really good idea isn't it i was saying to the kids high five your friends and because there was a quote going of people don't check in on you on social media don't check in on them it was some quote someone had posted and i thought oh what a shame you know we can judge people there's so much judgment but actually if someone distances themselves check in don't wait for them to call you just say look are you doing okay how are you you know yeah more kindness more yes. kindness is key well, yes. that's really fascinating to hear about the work that you're doing and your book and your second edition any other plans for the next few months when when the award when's the award night for your next season? oh yeah that's in the end of march for the business book awards uh -huh. yeah but i'm actually i'm off to thailand for six weeks mid march oh yeah. wow so, well jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually not going to be there for the awards themselves, but I've got um, I've got someone going on on my behalf, which is Aww. exciting. Yeah, I try and I do try and the, the last three years I try and spend some time in Southeast Asia because it just appear it just my body likes it. <laughs> oh, I love it! I found clarity on a beach in Thailand, and that got me to have my first tattoo. Can you see that? Ah, yeah, it means passion. Oh, so follow it. your passions be true yeah. to who you are all that stuff but i've not been back since 2006 Ooh. need to get back there right yes absolutely i love it i hang out in Yang. that's my oh. that's my spot oh amazing oh mm. so jealous you're gonna have <laughs> the best time thank you oh well have an amazing time and um what's your favorite karaoke song Oh gosh, that's a question. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
um, what's my favourite? Probably like Bon Jovi. Oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> you got a favourite one? Um, um, Johnny used to work on the docks. That one. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Well, we'll I love just, karaoke. We can, sit, we can sing the chorus to sing us out. Uh, how's the chorus? Oh, you gotta hold on to what you've got. It doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. We got each other, and that's a love for We'll give it a shot. Oh, halfway there. Oh, take my hand oh it's been so good to chat to you properly and to hear what you've been up to um so i'll put links to your book when i post this and where are most people getting your book on amazon or yeah amazon and um my website is socialmediaforanewage.com i've just i've got some loads of free tools on there there's i've got an audio book as well so you can download uh the first no one of the chapters from the audiobook and lots of other tons of content on there anyway oh amazing well check that out peeps any questions you can get in touch with the queen and um yeah mm -hmm. thank you so much for your time it's been wonderful My yeah thank you mm -hmm. <laughs>